This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey everyone, welcome to Groomer Humor on Pet Life Radio. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Rudy V, along with my son, Anthony Ray. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys listening to our show. Today's topic is a topic that we talked about before in an earlier episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, licensing and regulations in the grooming industry. Where do we stand currently? What can we expect in the near future? Uh, and some of its good points and some of its not so good points. Where is the grooming industry headed? Uh, we also have a special shout out of the day and our crazy comment segment. We got all that and much, much more coming up on Groomer Humor. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Groomer Humor. Guys, once again, we are your hosts. I'm Rudy V, along with Anthony Ray. Guys, this show is being brought to you by Pets Are Kids 2. Go to save a pet at petsarkids2.com. Use promo code PET15 and receive 15% off your purchase. Send in a picture of your pet with a purchase bottle, and Pets Are Kids 2 will donate a portion to a pet with cancer. Again, that's Pets Are Kids 2. Use promo code PET15 and receive 15% off your purchase. Okay. Also, guys, we want to give a very, very special shout out to Tom, Lauren, and Hojo. Guys, thank you so much for being such avid listeners and customers and uh, re-inspiring this show's topic. That's a special shout out to Tom and Lauren and Hojo. Thank you so much, guys. So, Ant-Man, let's get to this, man. Uh, Before we even get to it, though, our topic, I just wanted to say we're doing the whole diet thing now because, you know, spring's coming up. Uh, Everybody's doing, you know, the keto diet. You know, it's just the thing, low-carb keto diet, you know. It's all the craze. Right? It's Yeah, man. I'll be honest with you, man. I'm finding it a bit difficult, you know, because it's kind of like it's kind of like going to an ice cream parlor and saying, listen, I'll have a double scoop of chocolate ice cream on a sugar cone. Please hold the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically what it is. It's like it's like that. Or, you know, you go out to eat and order like chicken parm. And the waitress says, do you want like a side of spaghetti or penne? And you say, no, can I have like some spinach with kale with that? Um, (laughs) Hold the chicken parm. 
Yeah, and hold the chicken. Yeah. You know, because kale always goes so wonderful with a chicken <laughs> farm. And you basically just, keto is basically, hey, you know what? You guys have like a leaf or a branch I can just gnaw on for half an hour and then give you $25 for it. Right. And they'll probably, they'll probably say, no, we can't give you a leaf. There's too many carbs in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but here's a pig foot. Gnaw yeah, on this right. for a while. Yeah, gnaw on this. I think he you had know. a bunion, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's crazy because like everybody's saying, you know, oh yeah, you know, you, you know, you get ripped fast on it. Yeah. The only thing that's ripping on me is my groin and another hernia. It's the only <laughs> thing that's getting ripped on me. <laughs> you, you don't want to know how I get ripped fast. <laughs> yeah. I think they're talking about a different kind of ripped there. No. Not your, no. your kind of rip. I'm used to a very specific kind of rip. <laughs> you do get Abundant. ripped fast. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I rip fast. Yes. Abundantly. <laughs> Abundant rips. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, listen, let's get to our topic here. Uh, you know, the topic here, again, once again, guys, not so funny. It's not a big funny topic or anything. But like we said, we talked about this in an earlier episode, and we want to talk about it again. Where are we currently? Okay, guys, Bijou's Law was uh, introduced, I'm pretty sure, back in 2014. I might not be correct on that, but I think it was around there. And Bijou's Law was inspired by a six-year-old Shih Tzu. Some people say it's a Shih Tzu. Some people say it's a Bijan. I'm not sure. But anyway, a six-year-old dog, obviously loved, named Bijou, uh, allegedly died at the hands of a groomer. We're saying allegedly because the grooming establishment in question here has really not commented much on it or is, you know, come to uh, admitting anything, any wrongdoing or anything. But anyway, Bijou's Law has inspired a mandatory licensing regulation to all professional dog groomers as of April 2018. Senator Kip Bateman has sponsored a bill to the Senate to pass Bijou's Law, but has not yet received a committee hearing. Why is it taking so long? That's my question. Why, and I think it's everybody's question. Why is this taking so long? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Listen, this topic is so complicated. It's not even funny. It is such a complicated issue. First of all, the committee and the board want to mandate a practical and technical exam, but there's no standard for it yet. Um, and there's no standard for the training for the uh, exam. And the bill that's being proposed requires that the board perform roles way beyond its capability or experience, which may result in a committee and board uh, being held liable for any problems or any mistakes that happen. So it, listen, guys, this is what this means. This means that the committee and the board don't know what to do. They really have no guidelines. They just don't have enough experience on even creating a guideline or a system or an exam, a practical or technical exam. And this is where groomers come in. This is where expert groomers come in and the grooming industry has to step in or the government has to communicate with experienced groomers because it's a big problem. Where do we go from here? What is in the exam? Who knows? Are groomers even on the board? No. From what I gathered in the research, groomers attended the board meeting, but again, they don't have a whole lot of say in what's going on. So again, who is going to mandate the, the testing and what 
is the testing exactly? What does it consist of? And how would they know? What does anybody know except a dog groomer themselves? What should be in this test? So, you know, in my opinion, what we need right off the bat is, is training. I mean, right off the bat, see, because what would be the point in licensing someone who has no certifiable training? It may make the situation even worse. Now you're licensing people to do something that they don't even know how to do. You can cause more problems than, than not. Yeah, that's a little backwards there. You yeah. can't just give out licenses and, and you know, like there, there needs to be a better system in place for even being able to open up and begin grooming just to begin with, you know? Yeah, exactly. There has to be schooling. I mean, you got to start with schooling. You, you have mm-hmm. to like anything. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand how there is that much confusion. I understand the confusion because it's, it's, it's a very, uh, off the wall profession, you know, dog grooming. It's, it's very, as we talked about, it's very difficult. It's a difficult profession to even do get into and learn, but Anyway, it needs to start with training. We need more dog grooming schools. We need accredited dog grooming schools, and we need a system within the dog grooming schools that are going to convey what determines a certifiable groomer or not. For example, a grading system, and with any grading system, people have to fail. Not everyone gets to be a dog groomer, even if they go to school. No different than, you know, you go to a a law school to become a lawyer, and uh, listen, if you don't pass the bar exam, you're not a lawyer, so it could be a whole big waste of time for you, but this is something crucial, and it should have more validity. Yeah, I agree. It should have more validity to it. Because that's, you know, that's important. Validity is is something that is lost in this, right. in this industry. <laughs> it is because it will keep more people more validable, you know, right, right. Validable and with that validity. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, you don't give up more validable without more validity. <laughs> the, the two go hand in hand. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, see, we have to try to make this show funny on a very serious topic. But oh, you know, it, <laughs> but we're not. Listen, we're not making fun of what happened. What we're no. doing is this is a very serious conversation we're having, and we and we really want to get to the bottom of this and find out what's best. So again, certification it has to be key here. It has to be first and foremost. You have to learn this. So you you have to go to school. So whatever, I mean, just off the top of my head, there has to be a certain amount of schooling. There has to be at least 600 hours or, or, or 10 weeks of schooling, uh, no crash courses. Also, you have to divide the school into different segments. Do you want to be a full fledged groomer? Do you want to be a bather? Do you want to be a bather fluff dryer? So again, all of these things come into play and we're not going to learn any of it unless we talk to professional groomers out there experiencing experienced professional dog groomers and the grooming industry itself. And we know who we are. So uh, I think that either you guys have to reach out to us or we have to reach out to you in order to get a more concrete solution to this. So definitely certification, you have to pass. That's the other thing in school. You have to pass. If you don't pass, for example, if you're not good with dogs, if you're not being extremely careful, 
the first part of the training should be safety, safety first. You should be taking, you know, uh, courses on, on first aid. All of that has to be the first part of the course. You shouldn't even be looking at a dog for the first three weeks of your training. That should be part of the process as far as uh, the dog grooming. Uh, you have to be good. You have to know how to handle dogs. Uh, just because you love dogs doesn't make you a dog groomer. It just doesn't, uh, you know, as much as you, uh, you know, you may love politics, but you may not be a good politician at all. You may not be able to speak very well or anything like that. So you may not make a, a good politician. You may be a fan of politics. Maybe you could be a fan of, of dog groomings. Maybe you love animals. That's great, but it doesn't make you a dog groomer. It doesn't make you a veterinarian. It doesn't make you a rescue worker. It doesn't make you able to work for the ASPCA and rescue dogs and things like that. So again, you have to be dog animal oriented in order to be a dog groomer especially so with that being said you know then you could start to regulate and put a regulation or a licensing in the process after you've passed after you've been certified and you have training now you go for your licensing and there should be something implemented there too like uh, off the top of my head i mean one of the many things is a test should be where a dog should never be left unattended, which we always talk about on our YouTube channel. Uh, for example, if you have a dummy dog on the table or a dog on the table, uh, better yet, a dog that's not even great on the table. Get a dog that's a little anxious. The person reaching for their clippers or their blade should never have a hand off of that dog. That should be one of the things in the technical part of the licensing and if they even take their hand off for a split second, they fail. They don't receive a license because, again, safety first. So, listen, and it gets so extensive. That's why this is so confusing. Also, an apprenticeship needs to be put in place where, let's say you go for the certification testing and you get licensed. Now you should be working for an experienced, established dog grooming shop for a period of a month, six weeks, 10 weeks prior to getting your license, before you're able to even get your license. Again, asking a lot of people that uh, are already in the industry, you know, do you want to take that chance? Are you an established dog groomer out there that has a thriving business such as ours for the past 30 years? Do you want to take somebody on and train them? And it's going to take time away from you. It's going to take profits away from you. It enhances the fact that a dog may be injured in your grooming shop now being uh, through the lack of experience of the apprenticeship. Who's doing it? Who wants to take that on? And where's the liability? Where does the liability stand with something like that? I really like what you're saying with the how the levels, the certification, then the licensing. It's actually exactly how it worked when I got my real estate license a couple of years ago. I went to school for, uh, I think it was three months, twice a week for four hours. At the end of all of that, you take a test. That test that you take at the school is what allows you, is what certifies you to go and now take the state tests that cost money. And if you fail those, tough. You, like, you right. know, that's basically you could try it again, but you only have a certain amount of time. I forget if it was six months or a year or two years. It was very doable, but you had to jump through like two or three hoops before sure. you get to your license part. The schooling was just the beginning. You got to take your school test. Now you can go to the yep. state building and now you can take your tests there and then you get your license when and if you pass that test. And if you exactly. didn't pass the test in the allotted time 
tough. Too bad that you know yeah. that there goes your three hundred dollars for the course. There goes your fifty bucks for the test, and and that's it. Because obviously, if you couldn't do it with their limitations on it, then you're not really. It's not for you. Exactly. So, same and, thing. And with Exactly. Same exact thing. And, and here's the thing. And that's real estate. You know, why isn't there something in position here for something that is so crucial and so tedious? This is so important. This is a very, very important profession that we need to be focusing more on. You know, it's you're not opening up a hot dog stand. This isn't a hot dog stand. You know, I mean, you know, this is extensive training. This is not, you know, putting a hot dog in a bun. I'm not, you know, undercutting someone who has a hot dog stand. I'm sure there's there are to that, too. But I mean, this is very, very uh, much more crucial. You know, you can drop a hot dog, you throw it away, no harm, no foul, as long as you don't serve it. You don't drop a dog. You know what I'm saying? One little mistake in the grooming shop could be Bijou's Law. And this is the problem here. This is so important. This is such an important profession. Dogs need grooming. They need grooming. It's not even uh, something that's, uh, you know... uh, uh, casual or, or something you do for fun. The, the dogs grooming is essential and necessary for the health of the dog. So again, where do we stand at this? There, again, it's just so complicated. This is complicated. My opinion, as I said earlier, groomers need to be more involved. The board, the committee, uh, the government needs to reach out to experienced dog groomers. And there has to be, somebody has to take on the liability. It can't just be on the groomer. The owners also have to assume some liability here because again, as we've said in past shows, what if there's a pre-existing condition? All most groomers require is that you show proof of distemper, parvovirus, and rabies shots, and boom, we groom your dog. Okay. Listen, that is dangerous in itself. You can have an elderly dog that has a, you know, a heart murmur or another complication. A dog could be suffering from something that the owner doesn't even know. Now it comes to your groomer, your shop, your grooming shop. And of course there's a degree of stress in the grooming shop. The dog's being taken out of its environment. It doesn't want to get groomed. No dog wants to get groomed. They're happy to see you because they're dogs, but they don't want to go through the process. The process isn't easy for them. And the dog goes home and it's so stressed out that, you know, whatever, it could be epileptic. It can go into a seizure. Is that on the groomer or is that on the owner? I don't know. I don't know. Again, where does the liability lie with all of this licensing and regulation And again, could this licensing regulation result in even more injuries? Uh, Listen, if you guys are handing out licenses, you know, like baseball cards, you're going to see a lot more injuries. Okay. And, uh, you know, because it's only as good as, as the license is only as good as the person who's holding it. Again, we need training. And uh, I think that it's going to come to a head. I think that, you know, it's on the table now. And uh, if uh, we don't start focusing a little bit more on safety and coming up with a, with a very distinct measure of rules here, uh, do's and don'ts, uh, like there's absolute don'ts that experienced dog groomers uh, know of. And again, only an experienced dog groomer is going to know. If you're licensing, the people have to be qualified. They have to be qualified. The board could be held liable. If not, uh, you know, our opinion and, and, you know, no one wants to touch this one. Just no one wants to touch this one because it's just so tedious. And, and what we're finding is what we've said right from Jump Street, Anthony, is more and more people are grooming at home. It's the reason for our YouTube channel. 
You know, we're trying to help people out. We're trying to show people what to do, what not to do, you know, and we still get like, you know, people fighting back at us. Oh, you should never pull the hair out of the ears. Listen, guys, you're not a groomer. That's like telling, you know, a plumber, oh, you, you know, you, you, you should be using a three sixteenth wrench on that when he knows better. You know what I mean? I think, uh, the grooming industry has to be involved. We have to be more involved and, yeah. uh. You're yep. absolutely right about. I agree 100. percent And and it, it, what you just said too. Nobody wants to touch this one. I understand too. It's it's very complicated. And you're always going to sound like you're taking a side with this. Uh, you know, th- any groomer who speaks on this is going to sound like you know. Oh no, we're just siding with the groomers because we're groomers. And any pet owner who tries to weigh in on this is just going to sound like they're defending the the pet owners and not the groomers because nobody wants to be liable for hurting a, hurting a, a dog or a cat or anything. Right. Um, and that that's the ultimate question right there, because here's the thing. The dog's safety is the, the most important thing. You know, how do we make them more safe? Well, you know? that's why a lot of people are starting to do it at home, because yeah. cut out the middleman, avoid it altogether, where at least, knock on wood, if you hurt your own dog, it's on you. And we don't want any dogs to get hurt, but more and more people are going that route because just cut out the nonsense and try to learn learn to do it yourself. But you have to be very careful, too. There's risks in, in, in everything. You're either going to leave it with somebody else who is a professional or you're going to try to do it yourself to avoid any kind of bijou-type situation. Sure. Um, it's a big mess. Here's the thing. Like you said earlier, you know, I explained how the, how the certification and the licensing went with my journey getting my real estate license. Why is that so regulated? There are – and something like this – isn't and the real estate thing is regulated i think perfectly it's precise it's perfect it's it's clean it's exactly the way it should be there are way more people in the world buying dogs or pets in general than there are buying homes obviously that's not even close so shouldn't this be regulated like above above a lot of other things this should have the same sort of regulation and limitations and everything and uh, not enough just not enough thought goes into it i think because they don't know how or the groomers aren't involved enough, or whatever the case may be. It just it, it's the sad truth of it. But it is changing. Yep. Yeah. Just want to take a second and remind you guys to go check out petsorkids2.com. What's really cool about them is they donate a portion of their sales to pets with cancer. Their goal is to help save 100 pets with cancer by 2020. So check out their website, petsarkids2.com. Enter promo code PET15 for 15% off of your order and a lifetime money-back guarantee. If you buy a product and email them a picture of your pet with that bottle, they'll reply with a picture of the pet they donated to from your sale. So check them out, petsarkids2.com, promo code PET15. All right, guys. So just to recap, we want to lighten the, the uh, show up a little bit here. So again, hard to talk about, but we want to talk about it and we have to talk about it. Uh, it's part of our show. It's part of uh, our whole our whole dynamic, what we want to do. We love dog grooming. We love dogs. We love people. We love the industry. So let's just hope everything works out and pans out to the best of its ability. So again, I think there needs to be a grade system in. I think that schooling and certificate Certification training needs to be first and foremost, apprenticeship, licensing, you know, New Jersey may be the first state to implement all this. So as with any new law, there's probably going to be some, you know, rough spots and some, uh, you know, uh, hard things to kind of work through, but I think we'll get there. So uh, we could expect some problems, but any of you professional established dog groomers out there in the meantime, guys, be real careful, get your consent release forms going. It's very, very important nowadays. We've been doing it for the past year. 
We never did it before, but we also have to protect ourselves and also protect our dogs and our clients. So, uh, and be careful with what kind of jobs you take on. For example, you know, you get a dog coming in that's 16 years old. You already had a background story where the other groomer couldn't do it and a groomer before then couldn't do it. Listen, don't take the job on, okay? Uh, you Because again, for all you know, you take the job on, dog dies in your shop, now you're in big trouble. So uh, I think groomers need to be a little bit more selective as to what challenge we're willing to take on as well too. So with that being said, just good luck to all you dog groomers out there and all you dog owners. Again, like you said, Anthony, we're not choosing a side here. We're just trying to figure out what's best with all this. And where's it going? Where Where is it going? We, it's yet to be seen. You know, yeah. it's yet to be seen. So anyway, <laughs> so that being said, it's comment time. It's comment time. I'm a professional. Yep. So, you know, <laughs> we love this section. <laughs> you don't even I, know where to begin with. These. I don't know where to begin, but um, we love this section. Um, uh, this one, we just got this one, which I love because we needed some kind of, you know, we, we don't get them all the time, but we, we kind of needed some new, new funny comments. Yeah, we're so this, out. we ran out. So we got this one over the weekend. It said, met you guys in Massachusetts. Cool dudes had a lot of fun. <clears throat> all right. Well, thank you. Only thing is, <laughs> I haven't been to Massachusetts in 15 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, but, but, uh, whoever you were hanging out with on their behalf as well, you know, yeah. thanks. We had fun too, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess this is like a accept the award on their behalf. Since the two <laughs> gentlemen that you guys met couldn't be here today for the recording of the podcast, the two gentlemen from Massachusetts, on their behalf, we'd like to say thanks, guys. It was fun hanging out. Nice to meet you. You guys were awesome, too. Awesome thanks. Too. And, you know, to, to be honest, I'm just curious as to what the fun was. Yeah, you know? right. I'm actually I wish I was upset. there. Yeah, but, I wish, uh, uh, that's not even fair. Like, wait a minute. And also, now I'm also a little worried, too. So you, there's there's two dudes running around Massachusetts who look just like us, I guess. What if they get into rumors? some stuff? Yeah. Right. Like, and have right. podcast? <laughs> Obviously, they were dog groomers because if they <laughs> ran into them and thought they were us and they said, hey, we love their podcast, and the guy said, thanks, man. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. What, where are we now? I guess we have doppelgangers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So, what else we got? And yeah. We I have one. This one's good, too. This one says, have you guys ever considered opening up your own grooming shop? <laughs> hmm. I like this one too. Yeah. yeah. Innocent. <laughs> yeah, we did. We considered it about 30 years ago when yeah. we did it. Yeah. Good, good news. Uh, commenter. Yeah. We took your advice 30 years <laughs> ago. <laughs> Working out. All right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. When you guys go on our videos, please, like I urge you guys, please watch the video to the end so that you can get the whole scoop. You know, maybe you guys just aren't like, you know, watching it to the end to find out that yes, <laughs> there's another answer here. You know, what's funny about this, that we didn't really discuss this one. Uh, since you remember the guy from the, a couple of episodes ago who reached out to us twice over the lottery ticket thing where you guys oh, yeah. sell lottery tickets. Yeah. He, he emailed me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really wants us to get the lottery machine in here, man. This guy <laughs> is on it. He's not giving up. He's, He's not, not giving up. <laughs> I already told him it's no. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Maybe we should try it. Maybe I it'll guess. be good for business. Here's, I don't. You know. That's the thing about it. He's not even being mean about it. He 
really wants us to make as much money as we possibly can through our store that uh, apparently, uh, again, thank you to the commenter for the great idea of opening our own store. Yeah, this guy with the lottery machine, he is just, he keeps giving me stats. He keeps giving me uh, profit margins. and, and like, you like know, he's, send, he's sending short emails like, I'm telling you, man, lottery machine in parentheses, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm forgetting about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, we already talked about that one, but it, it, he just, I swear, it was like two days ago. I get an email. I go, it's this guy again. I can't believe it. Well, here's I, the thing. At least you know he's listening. He's he's one of our listeners. He is. He <laughs> cares. I, I already know. The next email I get from him is, okay, seriously, did you get the darn lottery machine in the store yet? Like he's he even sent me one. He like you know he's gonna say soon. I'm sure. Uh, you know, hey, flying into Jersey in a couple of weeks. If you want to have a business meeting of any kind, you let me know. Uh, I'll be in the state. You know, this this guy wants to be involved. You know what? Wouldn't it be funny if we do get a lottery machine and the first ticket that we sell ends up being like a $10 million ticket and we're instant millionaires and the yeah. guy was right all along. Right, right, right. I guess we should try it. I don't know. We got to get a lottery At least to, to shut him up already because <laughs> I feel like he's watching me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Between I mean, that and the two dudes walking around pretending to be us in Massachusetts, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this one. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to wake up in the middle of the night to have the lottery guy standing over my bed. Did you get the machine yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, well, thank, thank you guys. guys. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. We're, I know we're just going, we're going so nuts and every show is just getting funnier and, and better. And we're having more and more fun doing it. So, so thank you guys. Fun. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. As always, like to thank our producer, Mark Winter, who sits here and puts up with us on a weekly basis. <laughs> if you haven't already, head on over to our YouTube channel. It's called Grooming by Rudy. That's Grooming by Rudy. YouTube.com. Leave a comment, like, share, and subscribe. We seriously want to keep hearing from you guys because you guys are hilarious 99% of the time. Uh, you could also like Grooming by Rudy on Facebook. Follow Grooming by Rudy on Instagram and Twitter. It has been an absolute pleasure, as always. On Until next time, take care of yourselves and your pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.